No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Season 1, Episode 19, Until Death Do Us Part I managed to start the year 2015 off with a bang. That is the understatement of the year. After the last episode, I'm sure you can guess that I gave Ben the benefit of the doubt and decided to stay and give him a chance. And not to mention, I couldn't go anywhere anyways considering I would need to get another job in Oregon in order to move home. So. Here is some of the things that weighed heavily on me while I was trying to make a decision. At the time, I did believe Athena, but there were still things that worked in Ben's favor that caused a shadow of doubt. Number one, Athena didn't have any proof that those documents that Ben gave me were fake. I also had the knowledge about Opal being taken away by CPS and also confirmed by a caseworker that I had called. That information held a lot of weight to me. She also claimed that they were part of Opal's life from the beginning as if this was some big revelation. But I already knew all that because Ben explained how his parents encouraged him to be part of the baby's life. Number two. Athena claimed that Ben had bipolar, which he denied. I really pondered this and considering that I did have a relative with the same diagnosis, I knew what the symptoms were like extreme mood swings, between manic highs and depression. But I had lived with him for the last year and a half, and Ben did not exhibit anything like that. In fact, he was very stable, just a family guy who went to work every day and played basketball at the gym and just hung out with me in Sydney. I did not see any medications in our home either, so this statement by her made absolutely no sense. Number three. Athena claimed that Ben drove his car into a lake to commit suicide. Ben made a point about, if that actually happened, wouldn't there be some type of police report or proof that somebody had to pull my car out of the lake? So, I did some research. I contacted the police, and there was no report. Nothing. Number four. Ben pointed out that Athena had trouble keeping friends, and that said a lot about her character. So, I got on social media, I used what is called the graph search on Facebook and found a bunch of photos of Athena and her friends, and I then cross-checked to see if they were on her friend list, and guess what? A bunch of them had been removed. Oh shit, that's not good, because as a girl's girl, I have never had any fallouts with anybody my entire life. In fact, I've had the same bestie since I was four years old. This was concerning to me. What could have possibly happened that that many people no longer wanted to be her friend? Now, this is just a very small tidbit of the things that I was pondering. It really was such a mindfuck. I honestly didn't know what to believe anymore. It just fucking sucked. Let's talk about the word tiger for a second because about a year and a half into my relationship is when I became one. It's basically used when a woman is being feisty and hot-tempered, someone who doesn't take any shit. And you should know by now that this is not my personality. I was a huge pushover growing up, and it was my sister who was the original tiger. However, after dealing with Ben's bullshit, I had to stand up for myself, and I found my inner tiger. Here is my sister explaining how it all came to be. We talked about how passive I was and how quiet and whatever. So basically what happens is when I get down there is I start finding my voice and I turn into what we call a tiger. (laughs) 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 
And I've never been up a tiger in my whole entire life, but it was almost like for once in my life, I'm going to tell someone how they made me feel. And by God, you're not going to lie to it to my face and you're not going to disrespect me. And I'm tired. I'm so tired of this, Mm -hmm. but tell us how the tiger even came about. What is the tiger? How, cause you (laughs) actually are the original tiger. Yes. And I'm happy to pass it off to you now. (laughs) Um, well, how it came about was I have a short, I have always had a short temper from the time we were little. I have never had an issue with telling people off. <laughs> um, and we were in Hawaii and I was having a meltdown over something. I don't even remember what it was. Probably had something to do with Bradley. Um, and my husband called me a tiger and we were all like, what does that mean? And he said, half pit bull, half tiger. <laughs> that's all I remember is that it came he said it to me while we were in Hawaii and it was funny and we all just started saying it from that point on right so I have never been a tiger we always associated that with you and it's basically just like you know you know (laughs) just when you you're all fired up and you put tiger out on someone so it's so funny that somehow I'm known for that. You're not yes, known. I'm not. I'm known for that. I'm not but at it's all. Now that I'm nearly 50 years old, I've like very much calmed down, matured, and I I don't really freak out on people. I, I have a lot more patience. I don't hardly ever put tiger out on people now. No, and I don't either. Honestly, ever since I divorced Ben, I've never put tigered again. So mm-hmm. it was just this small window of time where I had spent years being quiet and, and appeasing everybody and being you what people enough. wanted me to be. And I just had enough. So it's like, I went to the opposite end of the spectrum. So I was mad at Athena and mad at Ben and mad at life and fuck yeah. everybody. Regardless of how I left things with Athena after our meeting, I still had questions and I was gonna to get to the bottom of it if it was the last thing that I did. If Ben thought he was off the hook, He had another thing coming. I did immediately reach back out to Daisy and she ended up giving me a child support case number and said that if I had Ben's social security number that I could see for myself that he was depositing money into the account for Opal. Well, that changed everything again. So that week I cornered him after work and demanded he give me his social security number. I finally wore him down and he handed it over. And when I logged in, it was just as she said, but instead of monthly payments, there were sporadic deposits with differing amounts. Of course, he jumped on that discrepancy right away. Amber, if I were getting my paycheck garnished, they would take a lump sum out every single month. They don't just take random amounts out. This doesn't even make sense. And I just thought, well, he kind of has a point. That's weird. And I had already seen his paycheck at this point and nothing was being garnished. I was so confused at this point. The only thing I could think of was to get more proof from the child support office of who was putting money in that account and most importantly, why was his name on it? He agreed and said he'd take care of it right away. So I want to clear this up for you and everybody else who might be duped by this. Okay, Ben was not a W-2 employee very often, and he was self-employed. So the fact that Ben had his own company and was independent most of the time, they can't garnish him. So what they did in Oregon and in Washington, I'm not 100% about Oregon, but they can for sure garnish your tax return. So any government money, social security, any money owed randomly. The other flip side is they can suspend your driver's license because Daisy was not able to garnish him because he kept leaving his companies or he was hiding or like flipping the numbers around his social security number. She find they finally found him. They served him correctly and they're about to take away his driver's license. And so he has to physically log in online to DCS in Oregon and he has to pay them. You go figure out why your name's on an open child support account and you get that fucker removed. And so that was like another one of those things. I'm like, no, absolutely not. You're not having your name and I don't care what it's for. If it's not like, you know what I mean? Legit. It's not true. Why are you? Yeah. Why is it here? Yeah. Fix it up. 
I didn't reach back out to Athena after our meeting, and I'm sure she figured it out pretty quickly that I didn't break up with Ben. And for the first couple of months afterwards, I was very leery of trusting her, but I thought I could try and be cordial and co-parent with Ben. I remember signing up to be a chaperone at Sydney's class school trip and sending both Athena and Ben pictures from that day. For a hot second, Athena had asked Ben if I could be the main point of contact regarding Sydney because she didn't want to deal with him and his bullshit anymore. I was fine with that, but Ben absolutely wasn't. Big surprise, right? That is when he really started getting into my head, and eventually, he persuaded me into believing she was as awful as he said. I didn't want to push you, but I I messaged you, you responded. Then I was going to give you your space, but then when I knew that you never reached back out again, um, and when I reached out to you, maybe after another week, the way you responded, you were very short. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was. I'm sure Sydney was like, everything's Sydney. fine, carrying on as normal. Yeah, well, I didn't like to ask her questions like that. I made her feel comfortable to share with me, right? So yeah. when she would, I would get a very good sense of whether things were good or bad, you know? You took over where I left off with him. Ben was probably relieved that I wouldn't find anything else about his shady past now that me and Athena were not on speaking terms. At this point, I felt I had tried and provided a bazillion options to Ben about how he could alleviate the co-parenting issues, but he never followed through with not one single one of them. I had so many other issues that I was dealing with that I just threw my hands up in the air. I'm done! He can do what he wants, but I no longer am going to allow this toxicness of her into my life. That was my thinking anyways. Oh, how I thought at the time I was so above all of it and was making this big grand gesture that I was stepping away from the drama. Me and Ben agreed as a couple that we would change our phone numbers and cease communication with Athena and instead use an app similar to our family wizard that would record all of our conversations so we would have something to show in court as proof of her poor behavior. Little did I know that I was the only one who actually changed their phone number. You know, I think we need to revisit this whole parenting um, communication app because it's a he said, she said. And so we researched the apps. The judge can see exactly what's being said. I'm like, great. We agreed we'll change our phone number. So she's forced to communicate in the correct way. And so I went and changed my phone number. Ben did not. He did, but he kept the old number. <laughs> so oh, you that's were texting. the first time I knew he had done that. Yeah. Yeah. And he still has, he's like multiple. It's crazy. And years later, I just called T-Mobile and I was like, I said I was his wife at that time. We hadn't been married yet, but I was like, yeah. hi, I'm his wife. And can you tell me how many accounts are on our T-Mobile? And they told Good. me T-Mobile was going to shit because they probably aren't supposed to tell me that information. But he was like, oh yeah, we got the 442 number. And then we got the 7083 number. And I was like, that motherfucker. Ben had a growing list of things to do at my request, from clarifying the child support with Opal to revising the parenting plan with Athena. I don't think there was one single day that went by where I didn't ask him, how was your day? And where are you with the things I asked? This clearly caused a big strain on our relationship. He would blame the courts being slow or some other excuse for why he didn't have answers. And the dynamics of our relationship at this point were turning into a roller coaster of very highs and extreme lows. I was definitely trauma bonded, but I certainly didn't even know what that was at the time. Not only did we have the ex-wife situation and baby mama number one drama, But we also had the stress of parenting a somewhat difficult child while also navigating the world of infertility. I knew time wasn't on our side, but Ben brushed off everything the doctors told us and seemed completely nonchalant about it. He would say, I can get a wall pregnant, but I knew better. And I was freaking the fuck out month after month after month when test results were negative. I felt like he was just... It was very high highs, very low lows. And that was the starting of the real fighting because I had already, this is going into year two. And I'm like, shit or go off the pot. We're still not married. We got engaged two years ago. There's no plans. Now we have fertility. We have 
Yeah. Wife that you just, you got to get this taken care of. The doctor's basically like, listen, like you don't have time to wait. Sorry, it's not on your schedule. I know you guys would rather wait till you get all the chaos taken care of before you start having children, but you don't really have that option. While our fights weren't super often, when they did happen, they would be huge screaming matches. Of course, not while Sydney was around. I began threatening to leave, and sometimes I'd even pack up my belongings to show him how serious I was. Ben would punch walls and then love bomb the shit out of me to get me to take him back. This was also the point in our relationship where he started threatening suicide if I left. And for the next four years, I had that on my shoulders, and it scared the living hell out of me. Now, remember when Athena mentioned his bipolar back in January? I didn't see any signs of it then. Well, fast forward six months, and now I was starting to see the erratic behavior. One minute he was fine, and the next minute he wanted to kill himself. I vividly remember having one of our crazy fights and him leaving. And at a certain point, I began to get worried that he hadn't come back home yet. I looked out the window, and his car was in the driveway, but he was nowhere to be found. So I started going through every single room in our house. Nothing. The last place I looked was our garage, and sure enough, there he was, rocking back and forth with a cord wrapped around his neck. I will never get that image out of my head, nor the terror I felt that night. After lots of nagging, Ben finally gave me a letter from Oregon Child Support that said, After spending some time researching the case and reviewing your files, We have come to the conclusion that your name, in fact, should not be linked to the case file. We discovered an error in December of 2012 and attempted to reach you with the address on file located in Woodenville, Washington via mail, and the document was returned back to our office. It went on to say the transfer was ordered via government code, which we are not authorized to disclose at this time. Please use this document as evidence that you are not liable for any payments now or in the future. Okay, at least one thing was checked off the list. Maybe we were making some progress. After the complete shock and realization that Ben was able to manipulate Amber into believing his lies again, I had no choice but to accept this hellish saga was going to continue. Her lack of communication moving forward after the day we had met person crushed me. I guess I shouldn't have been as stunned as I was, especially knowing how persuasive and believable Ben could be. Ben truly is a talented actor. The pairing of the emotional show he puts on combined with his verbal manipulation tactics, anyone would be fooled by this man. Hell, I was for years. That next year was complete hell for me. Ben went on a mission to make my life a living nightmare to punish me for telling Amber the truth. My and Brad's relationship had fallen apart and I was dealing with a female stalker. Yes, you heard that right. On top of everything else going on, I had attracted another psycho. At first, I thought it was just a coincidence that she kept showing up in and around my life, but nope. This woman was on a mission to basically be me, look like me, and date any man I'd ever been with. First, I should back up and explain how this all started. Previously, I'd fallen very quickly into a relationship with a man I'd gone to high school with during my divorce. Things rapidly progressed between us, and Kyle wanted to get together nonstop thereafter. Our time together was so much fun, but my company was growing rapidly, and I needed to spend some extra time focusing and expanding my staff. Heidi, one of my new employees, started her training right away. I instructed her to bring in a person whom she could practice on. Jill, Heidi's lash model, was very nice and friendly, and we all chatted up during her many hours of training. During our three-month relationship, Kyle would often post sweet lovey-dovey posts on my page frequently, and without skipping a beat, there was Jill, always commenting and liking each of his posts. About a month later, Kyle and I were at a manager's baseball game, and he suddenly showed me his phone and asked if I knew who this person was who was friend-requesting him. I looked and I saw that it was Jill. Hmm, that's odd. She doesn't even know my boyfriend, and we don't even have mutual friends. We look at each other oddly and he deletes her friend request. Next thing we know, she was privately messaging him, asking if they'd met before because he looked really familiar to her. Oh, hell to the no. This shady biatch knew exactly who he was. After my experience with Ben, I was on high alert. 
So after a dozen more red flags from Kyle, I decide to end things with him. During my two-year relationship with Brad, my girlfriends jokingly teased me about making sure that I warned Brad in case she tried to go after him next. Towards the end, I discovered that Brad was also cheating on me. Ben was thrilled, of course. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't friend request my acquaintance's boyfriend. Would you? No. No. Okay. Yeah. So so it was odd, but I gave her the benefit of the doubt. But then in my mind, it kept like replaying how, wow, you're so lucky. He's so handsome. You guys are such an attractive couple or like, he's so sweet to you. Um, and so yeah. then I learned that after I end things with Kyle, like they were hanging out. He was, he finally accepted her messages. After months of trying on our own, the doctor advised that we begin doing IUI. This wasn't the route we were hoping we would have to go, but both of us were healthy and had passed all the medical tests with flying colors. What could go wrong? After tracking my ovulation, it was the big day to do our first round of IUI. Ben had to go in earlier that morning to give a sperm sample. And when I got there, I was sitting on the table getting ready to do the procedure when the doctor came in and told me the bad news, that Ben's sperm count had significantly dropped. And as a result, we were no longer eligible to do IUI and would have to go straight to IVF. With a confused look on his face, the doctor started asking me questions about why Ben's sperm count would have gone down so drastically when he was perfectly normal just months prior. I had no words, just complete shock. I sobbed all the way home and told Ben what happened. And once again, he didn't seem the least bit concerned and gave me zero explanation for why. My dreams of motherhood were slipping away and my partner didn't give a flying fuck. Could his sperm count drop if he was ejaculating more, having more sex more, could that no, happen? Or no, no, it wouldn't have caused that ma- much it of it. Okay. No, you're not supposed to ejaculate like 48 to 72 hours before. Okay. But it would never drop nothing. to the level okay. of what it did. Oh, okay. He was taking testosterone. So testosterone sabotages? It your plummets. Yes, plummets it. That summer was rough to say the least. Ben's snoring was beyond horrible, and most nights I would have to sleep on the couch. The Range Rover he talked me into broke down, and I had to put thousands of dollars on my credit card just to fix it. Of course, he promised to help pay for it, but never did. And this is from the man who makes three times as much as I do. If you think I'm exaggerating about the snoring, my mom and sister can definitely attest to it after visiting me in Seattle. Here's what my mom had to say. He was the loudest snorer I ever heard in my life. We were downstairs in the basement trying to sleep and he was upstairs at the other end of the house and it was so loud. It was like the roof was raising. I mean, We were laughing and, and looking at each other like, oh my gosh, is this for real? How in the world could she sleep in any place in the house? Because no place in your house, and it was a pretty good-sized house, could you get away from that loud snoring. Downstairs, upstairs, nowhere. It, it was so bad. I don't know how anybody could sleep. I know. And I weathered the storm for probably at least a good year, year and a half, even mm-hmm. maybe even two years before I finally was like, fuck it, I'm moving downstairs. <laughs> like, well, I, I can't do this. I'm losing my damn mind because I'm not sleeping well, at I night. Remember when you come home to visit or even when we come there, you seem very, very tired all the time from lack of sleep. You could tell you weren't getting sleep. You were just so tired. I don't know how you did your work during the day because you were so tired. It was just lack of sleep. Well, I can think about it now because I would live on caffeine because he would buy Red Bulls and that's what he would drink. So I would drink sugar-free Red Bulls, a lot of them. But then... You know, I think back and I'm like, what a stupid thing for me to do. But I was so tired. I had to have caffeine to function. But then I started having some really bad anxiety when I was up there. And caffeine makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So I was really in this vicious cycle. 
We were also tasked with getting my egg quality up and his sperm count better before doing IVF. So that entailed hundreds and hundreds of dollars in vitamins and supplements. Money I just didn't have. Oh, and did I mention that Athena fell pregnant by a new guy she just started dating around this same exact time? Talk about a sore through my heart. Why can every other woman but me get pregnant? I tried my best to put on a brave face through all of it, but it really got to me and it just broke my heart that the one thing I wanted the most might not happen. He knew all along what he did and he's sitting there consoling his crying fiance and acting like he was so devastated too. And it's going to be okay. It's disgusting. Yeah, like we'll get through this together and there's so much drama. I'm broke. I'm mentally tired. I'm going through infertility. It is like the perfect storm. Are you taking the hormone injections now? Not yet. At the right But I'm still doing Clomid. Yeah. I was getting ready to do the injections, but I was still doing Clomid, which still jacks you up. I had low egg count. So she wanted to have the few eggs that I did have, like the best quality as possible. So she's like, I want like three months of just take as many of these supplements and vitamins. And they were so expensive. I must've been taking 30 pills a day or more and I couldn't afford it. He didn't offer to pay for any of them. I was so broke. I was just like, I did not, I wasn't able to buy anything for myself. It just, I was sitting here spending all my money. I would give him half my paycheck and then I'd have to buy all of his specialty foods and all of his Red Bulls and all of his protein shakes and protein this and protein that and all of Sydney's so little, nice. like I don't know Sydney's special I, meals because he wouldn't make her eat whatever I cooked for dinner. So I had to buy her her special little meals and I was exhausted. I was getting to this point of like, I'm trying to be super human. You're like super wifey. I was trying and like, you're going to hit a wall, right? Like you can't do it all. I'm walking the dog. I'm taking care of his child. I'm cleaning our house. I'm cooking these five course dinner, (laughs) big old meals. And I'm planning fun family outings every weekend and I'm broke and I'm exhausted because he snores so bad. And that was another fight. I'm like, you want me to sleep in the same bed? I, I'm literally up the entire night. You have sleep apnea. You won't go to the doctor and fix it. Sydney's birthday was coming up in August, and I racked my brain over what to get her. She loved music and the girl band Fifth Harmony. We would sing their songs in the car when I picked her up from school each week, so I thought this would be the perfect gift. And they were playing at the Washington State Fair, but buying tickets for a family of three wasn't cheap. And even though I couldn't afford it, I wanted to get her something extra special and meaningful for her birthday. The weekend of her birthday, Ben came home and told me that Athena was taking Sydney to the Taylor Swift concert. Her client had gotten them fifth row seats at CenturyLink Field. My heart sank. I felt really ashamed of my gift that I was so excited to give her. How could I possibly compete with that? Completely defeated, I started to cry uncontrollably. It was just the perfect storm for a meltdown. And it wasn't just about the concert tickets, it was everything. I was so mentally and physically exhausted that it all caught up to me. I felt completely alone in this chaotic shitstorm I got myself into and I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. He'd take her to school, I'd pick her up from school, and we always had our like dance parties with Bruno Mars and Fifth Harmony. She was obsessed with, you know. Yeah, What's that one song? Work, work, work. Yeah, gotta work. work, Yes, that song. So we would sing that song and we'd, you know, that was just her jam. Saw that Fifth Harmony is coming to town at the Washington State Fair, so nothing great but she had never been to a concert before and then literally that weekend it was like guess what athena's client got her free tickets fifth row to taylor swift at the century linkfield and right. i even know about the tickets you had gotten her. right and it was nothing that you did it was just but it was that a perfect moment of like everything like i was so defeated i just fell down i just remember on the crown like crying like how am i supposed to give her my gift now i feel so stupid i could cry right now <laughs> like i just remember feeling Aww. so stupid <laughs> I love you. Stop it. <laughs> I, know. I love it because you thought of it. This fell into my lap and I got, yeah, I was very, I, I could have never afforded that either. You know, I was a single I don't mom. Know I'm crying right now. 
I, oh. I could have, I could have never afforded, I could afforded, I could have never have even afford like to buy one or Swift ticket or what you did. Yeah. So kind. Yeah. Of it was just one of those. I like, had two children. I was pinching pennies and yeah. You talked about not having money or things like I had nothing either. You might not have pushed her out of your vagina, but I'll tell you <laughs> one thing. Yeah. You um, you were your amazing mom like you gave to her even when you didn't have anything that's what moms do you you made up for the time that ben was a shit dad and sat on the couch with nothing like yeah i will always be grateful for oh, thank you her time i don't know i'm so I, emotional talking about it but i know i just it was feeling, an emotional time yeah it hurt me so bad and it wasn't that you hurt me it was just I was so excited to give it to her. And then I was like, the day before she was coming to our house, I didn't have any time to get anything else. And I didn't have any money to get her anything. And I was embarrassed. And I was like, I can't give her my gift. Like, she's going to think how stupid I'm going to the state fair. <laughs> I was never Taylor Swift. She was freaking out. Like, she was so excited. No, I know. But I remember like, oh my God. In your like, mind. I can't take her to that. the state fair after she gets fifth row seats to Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? It wasn't even about that. I just was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, felt I'm defeated. so tired of all of this. The crying turned into rage, and we got into another one of our epic fights. Looking back now, it was clear that my own mood swings that were starting to happen was a direct reflection of the fertility meds I was on. Irritability and unpredictable mood swings is very common side effect. I just couldn't go on like this anymore. I was at my breaking point with all the stress. And to prove my point, I had at one point grabbed a bottle of fertility vitamins from the cupboard and a steak knife from the silverware drawer and set them both on the counter and I screamed, either of these options sounds better to me than one more fucking day with you. And with that, I left the house to go for a walk and cool down. But as always, Ben followed me, refusing to give me any space. I kept pushing him and telling him to leave me the fuck alone, but he wouldn't. It was no use, so I turned around and went back to the house, and when he went to the bathroom, I took that opportunity to get in my car and go for a drive to cool off. But this time, I turned off my phone so he'd leave me alone. You know, my sadness then turned into rage because at that point it was still... Are you crying? <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I just, I just remember feeling like you, it's the worst feeling ever. And it's yeah. different. It's different, but I just, he, he brings out the worst in you and he, he runs such a chunk of your life and you wish yeah. you could get it back. And the sadness I have and the guilt I have for during the time that yeah. Lexus and she's involved and like, yeah. And the sadness I have for you that I feel like he stole a chunk of your life. Yeah, he really did. Children, and it kills me because I know what a good mom part. And so yeah. that I, yeah, she's the only person that matters to me. Anyways, it's me and her, and and I you gave up so much. You're doing it all. He's a dick. He's yeah, a dick. and then it's and all then about the show. Yeah, He's and then it makes me cry. I'm sitting here hearing you tell me what he's telling you, and I'm like. Ugh. Like, I'm not a horrible person, and he's telling no. you know, but um, I know it's just not fair, and I'm so done with this. And it was just this yelling and screaming match, and I remember just and so this also makes me really upset that he ran with this story that I'm psycho and I tried to kill myself because I did, I was suicidal in my 20s, a decade prior. This was not even close to the same situation. I thought that I could trust this man, so I told him my deepest, darkest secrets of. The challenges and the, and the depression that I had in my 20s and that it got to the point of suicide and I decided to live and I was with him it was not depression it was anxiety it was debilitating yeah. anxiety and yeah me too um but that night I wanted him so badly to know the pain that I was feeling so he's following me and I'm like leave me alone like I'm going for a walk I just need fresh air and I'm, I'm telling you right now leave me alone so I kept pushing were him, you like, barefoot were you barefoot no no okay <laughs> It's not barefoot. Why are you holding a machete? No. Machete? No. Okay. Not a bloody machete. I, <laughs> I, I, I was pushing him. I was like, get the F away. Like, go. And I kept pushing him. Like, go. Leave me alone. I'm walking. It's dangerous. You can't be out here. I don't care at this moment. I was like, just leave me alone. No cars. I was not pushing him in front of cars. There was nobody coming on the road. I didn't realize that he 
was kind of embellishing that story behind my back and telling everybody, like, I think he told you I was going into a mental ward or I was being oh, like, they admitted you, they came yeah. and they took you, they admitted yeah. you. I need to talk to Sydney and let her know what's happening. Cause she's going to be back the next day and that you yeah. would be there. And he felt like it'd be good coming from me. Um, and that you lost your shit. You tried to push him in front of a car and get him hit by a car. You ran out of the house barefoot, trying to kill yourself with a knife. You were trying to overdose. You found your dog's pills from the vet and you tried to swallow what? the bottle. Yeah. Athena and her daughter Lexi remember when they were told about the incident. Amber was crazy. crazy. Like, like actually like mentally ill crazy. Not like a crazy lady, just like I thought she was like very sick in the head. Like he told us this crazy story about her running barefoot down the road with a knife or something. Yeah. And like she tried to stab him and she ran into him in front of a push him in front of a, a car. Yeah. Like yeah. That. And I was like, holy shit. She and then he said she was in a mental in a mental institute. Yeah. And that she was gonna be there for a while. And we were just like Whoa. Whoa, bro, that's nuts. And that he's trying to leave her. That's why he's not bringing her out or talking about yeah, her. Yeah, but she's stalking but that, him. But and- yeah, but that um, she's so crazy and mean and mean to Sydney. So he has to do it so carefully and cautiously because she could try to like kill one of them or herself. God, you remember, you're making me remember everything. It made her seem like she was like walking down the street with a bloody knife, like dragging behind her face. <laughs> a like, machete. Like a nightgown. A machete. Yeah, he like made it sound like a horror movie. <laughs> it's probably from a movie, honestly. About an hour or so later, I decided I had calmed down enough to go home. It was probably midnight or so when I rolled in, but to my surprise, there were two cop cars in my driveway. I got out of my car and walked over to the police officers who asked me if I was okay. Yes, why, I said. Well, we got a call from your fiancé saying that you tried to commit suicide. I could not believe what I was hearing. What would have possessed him to do something like that? I tried to explain what happened and that I was just trying to get my point across. Maybe too good, but I was fine. They were very nice to me, but explained that for these types of calls, they had to bring me into the hospital to be reviewed by a mental health professional and that I could either drive myself or have them take me. In utter disbelief at what was happening, I turned around, got into my car, and drove myself to the hospital. My girlfriend, Sean, had set me up with an amazing therapist. I began to grow and make changes within myself so that I would no longer attract or settle for men that weren't healthy or good enough for me. After a lot of soul searching, tears, and work, I decided to date again. I was so much stronger this time. I felt in control of my life, and it was amazing. During that year of many first dates, I saw right through the bullshit so much easier. I could be honest with these men when explaining why I was declining a second date. Finally, after 14 months of many Mr. Wrongs, I finally met Mr. Right, Chris. Chris was the first man I ever allowed to pick me up on a first date from my home. We spent a lot of time talking and getting to know each other before we were even able to have our first date. Needless to say, that date went very, very well and it led to a second date the following day. Chris had to fly out of state for work shortly after, but we communicated daily and we were both equally excited to see each other when he returned. With each and every date we had, things only got better. Our chemistry was undeniable. The best part was that it was so easy, so normal, and drama-free. I could easily see Chris and I having a future together. I was smitten. Four months had passed, and Chris and I were moving right along at a perfect and healthy speed. I accompanied him on a trip to San Francisco, then he and I celebrated a duo birthday trip for my sister Jessica and I a few months later. What is your favorite memory of Athena or just your relationship in general? If you have one. That is that. Oh, I have, I have many. It's hard to pick just one. Um, hmm. I would say probably at least one of my favorite. I probably have two. One was only two, two two favorites. (laughs) The first one, definitely when we about after what, four months of dating and we went to San Francisco. That was a lot of fun. We just, on a whim, you know, hopped on a flight, went down there for the weekend. He had a friend from college. Yeah, college down there. So he had already, 
plan to go. And so he just randomly said, do you want to come with me? I'm like, hell yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So we just, you know, rented a car, drove around San Francisco. Yeah. And it was a hot car. It was like a, it was like a hot rod. Like it was a challenge. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it was fun. So we just kind of smashed around San Francisco drinking and acting like, you know, crazy kids. Was she still hiding you from Ben at that point? (laughs) Were you Uh, in hiding? Yes. (laughs) So no one knew about you yet? No. Thankfully. Sydney was with you and Ben for the weekend. Uh-huh. And so I think Lex just went with grandma and didn't say a word. During the birthday trip, I had a bit of an accident while climbing up the hillside with my sisters Jessica and Aroxy. Once I had made it to the top of the plateau, the ground gave way directly beneath me only, and I dropped straight down the hill. If I am being completely transparent, I should include that my sisters and I were definitely climbing the hillside under the influence of tequila while wearing bikinis. The plan was to get to the top of the plateau, drop our drawers, and expose our pasty white butts to our friends. We knew that would get a good laugh. Obviously, things did not go as planned. I did, however, climb back up to the hill where my sisters were after my fall to fully execute our plan, mission complete. And although I knew my leg was seriously injured, I danced the night away down at the outdoor cantina to the band with my sisters. It's actually one of my best memories. Chris took excellent care of me and we drove home early that following morning so I could get my leg checked out at the hospital near my home. Sure enough, I was put into a full leg brace and had to use crutches for 12 weeks. I had fractured my tibia. And, as crazy as this may sound, we still found ways to do what Chris refers to as the boom-boom. And even while I was wearing a full leg brace. Crazy, I know, but it's amazing how fantastic those pain meds can be. A month after my accident, I had to have x-rays done to make sure my fracture hadn't spiraled down the front of my tibia. If so, I would need surgery. The technician went through the standard questions before he started the x-rays. One question he asked me if I was pregnant or nursing. I immediately said no, and then I paused and thought, hmm... Wait a second. That's when I realized I was a few days late for my period. The x-ray tech told me he was going to take extra precautions just in case I was pregnant. I chuckled and thought, okay. I thought it was silly, but I thought it was better to be safe than sorry. On my way home, I stopped to fill my prescription and I decided to pick up a pregnancy test so that I could just rule it out. I get home and I go straight to the bathroom to take it. A few minutes later pass, I check the test and bam, I was pregnant. Oh boy. What would Chris say? Is he going to freak out? The funniest thing is that um, I love my doctor. He is, he's like a stand-up comedian. Um, he's an older <laughs> gentleman. He finally retired um, this past year. But so when we go in there. I'm on crutches with my broken leg. All He tells the nastiest jokes. And if he wasn't old, I mean, if it wasn't him, it would be the creepiest thing ever. He gets a free pass, you know? So he's like joking around. He's like... So, she's in a full leg cast. She's on crutches, and yes, you still get her knocked up, huh? And then, and then he's like, "Son, you are talented." And, <laughs> and then Chris is like laughing, and he's never met him before. And I try to warn him, like he tells a lot of dirty jokes. Warned, yeah. And it, this is this high in practice in downtown Bellevue, and so Chris is just like. Is he for real? And yeah. he's like, did he did he really just say that? Did he just like is that ethical? Like he's not gonna right. from HR. Like, I'm like, nope, he owns this practice with multiple people. Oh my so gosh. Good. Um, and so, but yeah, so we got a lot of shit. Like, damn, this baby was meant to be. Like, you literally had a broken tibia and you guys still figured that out. Okay. After I entered the second trimester, I decided to tell Sydney she was going to have a baby brother. She was ecstatic. Unfortunately, just as I expected, Sydney told her father right away. Ben called me the following day to tell me that he had known. Surprisingly, he wasn't being awful about it, but I later found out why. Ben and Amber were also trying to get pregnant. I obviously had absolutely zero clue. It's not like Ben and I share information like that. Although during that call, I did ask him if he and Amber would like to have children, and his answer was, hmm, I don't know. I can only assume things got worse between Amber and Ben because he started to share more and more information with me. 
and I knew him well enough to know that he must be setting the groundwork for some massive lie he was afraid to get caught in. I would tell Ben that it isn't appropriate that he share he and Amber's personal business with me. I was trying to push the point that my personal life was none of his business and vice versa. Plus, it was a waste of time listening to him. I knew stories were made up of lies anyway, and I had other stuff I could be doing. Ben would force me to listen anyway and act like it concerned Sydney. He would tell me that he and Amber had broken up multiple times, and they were back together again within days, or a week at the longest. And although I never really believed anything Ben said, I could tell that he was really stressed out about things during that time. I just didn't know exactly why. Chris and I listened to his sob story about how mean and terrible she was and that she would even say terrible things about Sydney, so he had ended things. Ben told us he was just waiting for her to move her things and that she was already packed up, but actually started crying in front of Chris and I. I didn't buy any of it. I knew what a scheming POS he was. Chris, however, did. And I couldn't blame him. Chris knew my experience, a little bit of my experience, um, and what he had done to me. And so, but not too much of the crazy, crazy stalking, because I was a boy. I liked him. Um, just like I told you to do with your boyfriend, yeah. right? Yeah. I told him everything. So he knew yeah. about the hurt. He knew about the cheating and the lying. So he did know that you were being fooled. He did know that he was a good manipulator in that way, in that respect. And so when Ben came in to see him like cry, a big, tall, big beefcake dude cry, I think it really threw him off. And he just said, honey, I know you told me stories. A lot of them are outrageous. And I'm not saying I don't believe you. Right. But I believe in second chances. And therefore, I feel like I'm going to give him this pass one time and don't be mad at me and then we'll see where it goes from there and then it was just like oh and done he saw so quickly within a week or two at max oh yeah how he was the, back with it you. He switches all through yeah have you ever almost fallen fallen for one of his manipulation techniques and what did his bitch ass oh, yeah. do <laughs> I love our listeners. Was there a lie or situation he concocted that you almost believed? <laughs> I, I don't know if I I, I, I wouldn't say I almost believed it, but he, when he, when he approached me in the garage, he it's was the very, very beginning in, in the very beginning. He was very genuine. Like it was oh, like, yeah. Hey, I, you know, I, I want to help you and oh my gosh. And, and I'm only doing this because of, uh, Sydney and, you know, all, it, it was all, you know, he'd, he'd come across as, you know, for Sydney's sake. And it would, it was so many of Athena those. And things. I just don't see eye to eye. We are like, yeah. we can't communicate. It's and, just like, and it was, yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's when he would. He made it sound normal, normal issues. They weren't normal issues. Yeah. And, and when he would try to use the the Sydney thing, right? Like that's like, that was like. I just really love her. Like as know. a pawn. Yeah. Like it was like, I, you know, I just, I want what's best for her. I want to do, you know, it's all about her. My life is all about her. You know, that, that sort of stuff. It's Super like, down. wow, that sounds like, yep. okay. You, sound like a good dad. Like, yeah. Like it sounds, you sound like a good dad. Um, okay. I wouldn't say, I, I definitely didn't believe him. Right. But it was I started to question whether or not he was really that bad of a guy. I would say the other time where I think he almost got me yeah. was when and I don't know, Amber, if you were did you come with him? It's it's when he came to our house. It was after it was this house. Yes. And it couldn't have been more than a year and a half ago or two. So what he said was gonna come fight you? No, 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 no. He he came basically with hat in hand, like, "Hey, guys, I t I've screwed all this stuff." All, like he basically oh. admitted everything. Like all the things Athena says are true. All these things that that you know is going on is absolutely true. Like it's a hundred percent my fault. And and he did he did the. I just I need help. Like I need oh right, I need help, right. and I'm getting help. And yes. you know I'm going to do yeah. these things. And you know what? I really, I'm realizing it's just, we need to, we need to work together for Sydney's sake and we need to co-parent and, but I, I'm, I want to well, thank I'm you for being a good, yeah, I want to thank you for being wife. like really good father figure for her. And I just like, I'm an asshole. Like he was, he oh, was totally yeah. like, was this yeah, when it, I took him back twice. for three weeks? 
No, I think it was before that. Oh. I wanted to believe it, not for anything with him. Like, I could care less. But it was, Mm -hmm. I could finally see, okay, this could really be good for Sydney. Yes. Like, she won't have to be torn anymore. She won't have to think yeah. like oh my gosh I feel a certain way here and a certain way there and I'm and how should I feel like is it okay for me to say things should I be lying because he told I, Sydney like, right in front was, of us do you remember that yeah yeah it was finally it's like, like oh, okay yeah, like parents like they're can, right yeah like we can have some normalcy yes. for her and so I think <laughs> more wishful than, thinking. yeah wish very wishful thinking I told him I would agree to stop communicating on the app for now, but that he had to tell Amber the truth about the rape story and come clean about the lies he had told her. Ben and I went back and forth, and he tried to make excuses about why it didn't matter if he told her the truth, because they were over. I obviously did not believe that. So I told him that I knew they would get back together just as they always had. I then told him my final conditions. If you decide to get back with Amber, you will need to tell her everything, and then we will all meet in person and start fresh moving forward with no lies. Ben agreed, and he finally left. A week later, Sydney informs me that her, Daddy, and Amber were happy as can be and shared a fun story about an outing they had all just had. Once again, Ben was a lying and scheming piece of shit. I had had it. I text Ben and I told him, game on. I was contacting Amber and her family to tell them everything. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. Call it losing your temper, call it petigering out, or even just losing your damn mind. What I was experiencing in this episode is called reactive abuse. Notice how Ben flipped it on me and was telling Athena how awful I was? It's actually a form of gaslighting. It gives the one causing the harm something to hold over the abused person's head. Now, does reactive abuse make you an abuser? Absolutely not. Shoving your way out of danger does not make you an abuser. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. And then Ben had to give me a shot my ass basically that night before the procedure. I was nervous. I was scared. I was excited. It was all these things. And I used to pray at night like, you're going to be a mom. You're going to be a mom. Like, you're going to be a mom. And here I go. I'm going to cry again. But um. Thank God has a plan. I will shoot you in your ass. I'll shoot (laughs) you in your butt. Yeah. I'll come. Anyways, I was excited and it was like the big day and I worked so hard to get to this point. And um, yeah, my phone goes off and I certainly was not expecting it to be you because I didn't think you had my phone number. I know you tried to kill yourself that, you know, he had let me know and that you were leaving Sydney's life because he had confirmed and told me it was done. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.